that was the song Falling Apart by Midnight Skies off of their new EP Disconnect, which they released back in January. And we're really excited because we've got Sullivan Burkhart of that band on with us today on I'm Not Okay I Podcast. I'm Stormy. I'm Elena. And that's the best we've ever done the intro. Yep. Even better than when we recorded this exact episode last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because fun fact, you probably noticed that this is getting released like almost 24 hours late. That's because I'm an idiot that doesn't know how to work a microphone and evidently didn't plug it in. I mean, it was plugged in, but the software did not register that it had been plugged in prior to us recording last night. So we had a little bit of an oops that I realized when I went to edit it totally last minute. So we learned some lessons. Yeah, I don't I don't know why it uh why it did that. Mine is if I plug this microphone into literally any computer that we have in this house, well, we have two computers. But if I plug it in, it automatically changes everything to this microphone. So I think what happened was I had Reaper open already because I had been editing the interview earlier in the day. Uh, so you didn't close it and so, open it again. So it yeah, so I didn't switch back. Exactly. And I realized it after I went back to edit and I was like, wow, my track sounds like garbage. And at first I thought it was because we reorganized the entire office. So it's a lot more echoey in here. But then I tested it and it turns out the microphone records just fine. My computer does not. (laughs) So Win some, lose some. It's fine. It's fine. So take two of this exact episode. I'm going to talk about new music now. Yeah, go ahead and talk Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, so G-Eazy dropped a single called Moana. Machine Gun Kelly dropped Bloody Valentine, which is, I believe, the first single from his new record that's going to come out. And it's like a pop punk record, kind of. I don't know. It's really good. The song is really good, so I have high hopes. Marshmallow dropped a song called Be Kind with Halsey. Dashboard Confessional did a cover of Circles by Post Malone. Everyone can fight me if you think that Post Malone is not emo. There's been those memes circulating that literally show him as an emo kid. Okay, but I'm saying right now he's still emo because this song sounds like it could have originally been a Dashboard Confessional song and I wouldn't have even questioned it. (laughs) Let's do The Bottom Line dropped a song called Youth. The Regrets dropped a song called What Am I Gonna Do Today? Two Trains Left dropped a song called Power Lines. And X dropped a song called I Got a Fever. And that's, the band is literally just the letter X, in case you can't find it. And then Cherum dropped a single called Abigail slash Weird Ones. And it is it has more than one song on it. And then Hot Shell Ray dropped a single called B-O-R-E-D. And it's a quarantine song. Yes, it is. The albums I've got for this week is Our Last Night dropped Let Light Overcome the Darkness and Boston Manor dropped Glue. Very good. So on my end, I have two singles for us because my list is not nearly as comprehensive as yours and you stole a few off of mine. But Brawny released a single called Where I Want to Be and Hightail released a single called Sweet Tooth. Seasonal released an EP called Brighter Roads. Dead Lakes released an EP called New Language. A Few Too Many released their new music video for their song Haze. 
And Sunset Sunday did a cover of Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis with Bronnie. And that's not actually available on streaming services, but it is on their Facebook and I assume probably YouTube and Instagram as well. But I did not look into that. So fair enough. That's all I have for you. Perfect. Do you want to talk to Sullivan now? Yeah, no, we should. But I feel like we need to preface that. Okay, so we've had a bunch of interviews in the past few weeks. We kind of reorganized our release schedule a little bit. Sullivan was the first person that we talked to after going into this quarantine. So if it seems like we're talking about COVID a lot for people that have been hearing about it for like six weeks, it's because this was done like three weeks ago. Yeah, it was like once shit actually hit the fan, like everything had been going on, but shit actually hit the fan and we were all like, I guess we're just locked in our houses. And then we recorded this. So. Right. And we were just like extra excited to be talking to somebody new. <laughs> yes, because we've been in our houses for two weeks or something. I'm pretty sure my heart was wasted. You didn't care because you were lying. If only you knew how long I'd waited. You second guess the way you faked it. weird time here pandemic and everything i know what are you doing to keep yourself sane and productive honestly i've just been like ever since moving like i picked the worst time to move i swear like it's been wild Um, i moved in last month to the day and we've already seen some crazy stuff happen like we just moved into a city in Washington and we were used to living out in kind of like an island and countryside. So there's just not a whole heck of a lot going on. And then we move in here and we just bought it. So we're not like renting, but we uh, just ended up starting the shower the other night and we ended up getting a call from our, uh, like, I don't know what you'd consider them, like kind of like landlord. And apparently the unit beneath us was having water going through their vents. Oh, no. That's really bad. Yeah, so, like, that was the first thing that happened. And then we legit the other day saw a shooting. So we were just like, wow, okay. Um, Welcome to Everett, I guess. This is our welcome. Dang. In the first two weeks of living here, we're just like, geez, all right. Damn, where did you say that is? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Everett, Washington. Is that near Seattle? It's, like, north of Seattle, like, 30 minutes or so. Okay. Dang. We we moved into this house, uh, well, I mean, it's been, like, three years ago now. And, like, the first week we were here, a meth lab blew up. And I thought that was, like, iffy. I mean, and honestly, (laughs) I'm used to that because I'm from a place called Boonville, Indiana. And it's meth central. But, like... That uh, seeing a shooting in your first week living in a new place is insane. God. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was uh, something that I'd never seen before. I mean, obviously growing up in the country. Yeah. You know, people carry and you hear gunshots yeah. all the time, but it's target practice. But then yeah. when you're just on the phone and then all of a sudden you just hear like bam, 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 bam. You're just like, oh, they must be doing construction. <laughs> You look out your window and you see like eight dudes with masks like shooting at each other across the street. And you're like, okay, yeah, well, construction. call the cops, duck Dang. and hide. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. 
Are you going to write a song about it? Yeah, I think you should. It's a, it was a pretty traumatic experience because my wife and I yeah. both saw it. We were just like, we just witnessed a murder pretty much. And uh, that that's like one off the bucket list we didn't want to see. Yeah, for off. sure. For yeah, sure. like in the middle of a pandemic too, yeah. where right. you can't even like leave the house to go walk that off. No, no, exactly. <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, well, I'm definitely not leaving the house for at least six months. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay here. It's safe. Yeah. It's in a nice part of town, too. That's what's crazy about it. And obviously, I'm going off on tangents. Um, But, (laughs) yeah. Uh, What I've been doing personally is just I've been writing. Um, I've been playing a lot of video games. I just recently kind of got my recording rig set up. So I've been trying to get some songs done. I mean, I know that our state has been really hit hard with it. So I kind of imagine we're going to be like, I'm unemployed. I'll probably be unemployed for like, I can honestly see the next six to eight months. So I'm just kind of taking it day by day. I'm just hanging out really for the most part and just chugging along. I think for a lot of people, like their mental health has gotten worse due to this. So I'm just kind of like counting my blessings that I'm not sick, that I'm not, out there i'm not still working i'm not having to be out there and just dealing with the craziness that we're all kind of having to be involved in right now it's really well said Mm -hmm. yeah i i it sucks like i know so many people that are still out like my parents are still working i know that my younger brother's still working and i'm like hats off to you guys i i mean i have a poor immune system so it's like if i go out there it's like a literal death sentence so anytime yeah. I go out there I'm like mask I have gloves I'm just like I don't want to die <laughs> no I'm the exact same no. way I am um, I'm high risk technically and I work in urgent care so like oh I was in the middle of it for like two weeks before they kind of gave us a way to sneak out and now I'm like I'm definitely not gonna be able to go back there <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah. we have a vaccine, which is going to be, like, a year out from now, so... Yeah, well, and that's what's scary, is, like, they're like, yeah, I think Texas just announced today that next week they're letting people, like, go to parks again and stuff, and I'm like, I love Texas, but y'all are crazy, like... Yeah, I'm torn <laughs> on that, because I feel like you can adequately social distance in large parks, like national state parks... As long as you're not using the facility. So I understand, like, campgrounds being closed and everything. But then also, like, people are dumb. <laughs> so I don't... Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, living in the city now, I see, like, ten people walking down the road. They're all just, like, holding each other and <laughs> chilling. You're like, dude, that's not social distancing. Like, mm-hmm. I like I still see my, my family, but, like... I don't even allow them to come into my condo now. Like, I literally have them at the door, and I stand, like, 10 feet Yeah, it's a healthy way to do it. it. And, like, a lot of people think it's weird. Like, I pumped gas, like, the other day, and I was, like, I had gloves on, mask on, and people are just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Do not pay attention. Cover up. They're like... Well, it's not, it's not that serious. It's just like the flu. It's like, no, you're just really freaking uneducated, dude. Yeah. Uh, the flu with a, with really, really, really bad lung yeah, it's situation so and a like, way higher death rate. Thanks. I'm good. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> See, um, I was the first person to like say that. I was like, guys, it's just like the flu. People die every single oh, year with the I, flu. <laughs> exactly. I was not the case. very guilty of it. Like a month and a half ago, I was the guy that was posting coronavirus memes and I thought they were great and I still think they're funny. But like, I was like, okay, this is maybe a little too insensitive. I'm going to take these down. Like as much as like, I was just kind of seeing it from a standpoint of you either laugh or cry about it. So I, I decided to laugh about it. But like, I was like, eh, you know, people are dying out there. I don't want this to be insensitive and like hurt people. So I'm just, just not going to make those jokes anymore. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of like collectively decided. <laughs> we were yeah, like, like, okay, maybe we phased out really fast. This is actually yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, it was like a two-week window where it was acceptable. And then everyone's like, oh people actually are getting sick. This is actually a lot serious, like more serious than we thought it was going to be. So I think you were also jaded about it. Um, just because like, obviously we've never had a pandemic like this before in our lifetime. So like, we were just like, Oh, it's not going to get here. That's crazy. It's yeah. not going to be in the, in, in America. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's here and people are actually like dying and getting really sick. And we're just like, Oh, we were super wrong. <laughs> well, so I live in Baltimore. I flew cross country to Seattle, coincidentally, in February, right after that news article hit that like the first person had tested positive there. And yeah. I had a friend in Denmark who um <laughs> texted me. She's like, you should probably be really, really careful because I hear it's in the States now. And I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. What's <laughs> crazy is actually the town, like the city that I just moved to the first person in the U.S. contracted coronavirus, like, he brought it to the city I currently live in. Oh, and my. And so, like, every time I do go out, if I do have to go out, like, I don't go to the stores. I haven't been to a store in, like, over a month now. I just do everything online. I order groceries online. We, like, have this whole ordeal. When we get groceries, we're, like, spraying it all down, wiping the bags down, like, everything. It's crazy, but... Um, like every time I drive out, I have to pass the hospital where the first like death happened. Oh. Apparently, and like it is so swamped there that like there's people all over the state being just shipped out to that particular hospital. So it's really bad, and it's oh, that's really so sad. scary. Yeah, it's really scary, and it's really sad to see. But yeah, crazy times we live in. God, I just like I just can't believe it was literally two months ago that I was just like. No, it's not going to be a big deal. Flew out there. Oh, it was easy. <laughs> Nobody's wearing masks. Like were, I was actually planning a trip to go to Baltimore, like, while all this was happening. Uh, yeah. Because Elaine was out you there. were supposed to be here next week. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're, like, sitting here planning, planning like, buying plane tickets and stuff. Like, oh, my gosh, the flights are super cheap. It's going to be great. And, um, yeah. And yeah. then now we're, we're almost to the part where I was supposed to be going. I'm like, I can't believe we were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, actually had weird. a dream that you did last night and we couldn't do anything because it was all shut down. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's crazy. I was hearing from like some sources that it started like back in December and they're thinking that it had been like getting out to like everyone in the planet um, mm -hmm. like way earlier. And what's weird was I got a random like 103, yeah, 103 degree fever that I couldn't kick like around christmas time dude and me too literally I'm 103 like, degrees negative yeah. for everything yeah and it was weird it just came out of nowhere and 
I was going through like multiple international airports. I was going through the Seattle National Airport. Um, I was going to San Diego. I was in Arizona and Phoenix. I was like all over the place. So you're saying you're patient zero and you just. (laughs) I'm not going to say that, but I did. I did notice that there was quite a few other people when that like particular statement got out that were like, yeah, I was sick with that crazy fever. So much of it. I want to say November, December, where people were just like coming in for totally flu-like symptoms and yeah. not testing positive for it. That's so weird. Yeah, we were like, this is like bizarre, but it must just be another viral infection or another flu that's going on. And then all of a sudden this is like hitting the media and we're like, mm. but who knows? Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, I, I hope it dies down soon because I know so many industries, especially the music industry, have been like... They're being hit real hard right now, and the unemployment rate just keeps going up and up, and you're just like, it's only getting worse. Hopefully we'll see that turn soon. Yeah, I would imagine in the next six to eight months, hopefully things will get better. (laughs) (laughs) It can only go up. Yeah. Okay, I didn't mean to start on such a bummer. That's why I hesitated. When we <laughs> oh, it's all good. You can just like edit out a bunch of it if you have no, to. No, no. Usually what I do, like the first question I asked right off the bat, it really threw me through a loop when I changed it this time. <laughs> I just want to have you give us like a, a taste for your listening habits. So like what bands are your all-time favorites? What are you currently listening to? For like, sure. Tell me um, about it. <laughs> I'm always listening to just so much music. Um, the new all-time low record, Wake Up Sunshine, is so good. Um, I've really been liking that. Um, favorite bands, uh, Paramore. Um, I've always been just super connected to that band ever since I was a young teenager. Um, other favorite bands, uh, all-time low is definitely up there as well. Hey, uh, same thing. Yeah, those two bands in particular have always been, like, my go-tos. Uh, but Neck Deep just dropped a single just recently, which was super good. So good. Um, I've really, really gotten into Stan Atlantic. I love seeing mm-hmm. more, like, female-fronted pop-punk bands coming out. And they're just killing the market right now, and it's awesome to see. What was your favorite Warp Tour? <laughs> favorite Warp Tour? That's hard. I... Um, my old band got to perform at Warp Tour one of the years, and I believe I want to say it was 2016 or 2017. It was either of those years. Ask me why I can't remember. I'm poor with memory, but <laughs> that was like amazing, especially for a kid that grew up going to Warp Tour and like always wanting to get on Warp Tour and playing. So to be able to play was like one of those things that you don't really forget like i will never forget like playing i'll forget the year i'll forget the date all that kind of stuff but like playing it i'll never forget it was just so much fun i remember it was like a really really rainy day and um people were just like all trying to get cover and then literally right as we got on stage it just all of a sudden like the clouds had lifted and then we had the sunshine and we were just like yes oh like it's meant to be and like a ton of people came out and saw our set and so yeah it was it was a good time oh that's awesome what stop did you play uh we played the seattle date okay cool yeah just the local local date we did one of those like battle of band things Um, oh that's awesome 
Yeah, I really I, wish they had that stuff. Yeah, I, I love that they do that, or did that, I guess. That just yeah. is a really cool thing. I, I still wish that they would do stuff like that for bands, because it's just not really a thing anymore. I, at least I don't see it as often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like, yeah, it's like limited to colleges, yeah, essentially. It, if it just, does happen, it's like a very closed group that can do it. Yeah, I, I just don't see many, like... I don't know, battle of the band type things that you can get on like a really good show locally or a festival. It's just kind of sad, but I'm hoping that Warp Tour comes back at some point or some kind of Warp Tour. I don't care if it is Warp Tour, but obviously Warp Tour would be legit to have. Yeah, for real. I feel like Sad Summer is really trying to do it. It's just not quite big enough yet. Yeah, well, and give it time. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, we had this, you know, pandemic happen, so it's kind of like one of those things that we can't really <laughs> control that. But yeah, it, well, uh, this summer is not going to be the summer for it. But <laughs> well, there's yeah. lots of time to plan. All right, so tell us a little bit about how Midnight Skies originated. So, well, it kind of originated just from we had another band and. Um, it was the same three members. It was myself, my brother Colby, who drums, and then um, our guitar player Kyle. And we were all in another band at one point, and we were just kind of like, we really liked what we were doing to an extent, but I don't know, we kind of felt like the pop punk sound that we were creating at that time was just, it was, I don't know, it was kind of being out it was outdated. It was one of those sounds that people just weren't really listening to anymore. We had traction with it. We did well with it. Um, obviously we had some really great success with it, but then, um, like our other band name was called beneath the spin light, which one, it was way too long. I never created the name. It was an old guitar player. So I never really had attached myself to the name, but it was like a brand new reference. Do you know the band brand new? Of course yeah. I do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a brand brand new reference. And so I was like, sure. I mean, cool. Like, brand new is cool. And, like, why not? And then that stuff came out with Jesse Lacey, their singer. And when that stuff came out, we were just like, okay, well, we're not really attached to the name one. Yeah, we have done some cool things with the name and under that name, but... It, it's just kind of like we've we've had our course with it. We've toured the U.S. We've, you know, played with some of our favorite artists. We got noticed by some of our favorite bands. And we're like, OK, maybe it's time to just start something fresh. And, you know, so we kind of just took a stand. We're like, no, we're not about that. Like, we're not going to have our band name be, you know, um, that when obviously the singer of that band did some crazy just terrible things so we were just like okay we're, we're not even gonna do any of that anymore we're just gonna distance ourselves from that name and distance ourselves from brand new and so that's when i had a song called midnight skies like that i'd written and i was like huh i kind of like that name what do you guys think and i think everybody at first was kind of tentative about it and i was like no just, just trust me we're gonna go with this name it's gonna be good and so we went with it and um ended up getting into the studio like I want to say like two or three months after we switched band names and we ended up recording mind reader and we released mind reader and within the first month of having mind reader out we had we are triumphant uh, message us and they're like hey you know where have you been like this music <laughs> awesome um you know we should talk and so we kind of just started talking with them and yeah 
the rest is history. We ended up signing to them and um, re-released Mind Reader, which was very strange. We were like, so you want us to just like keep Mind Reader out and then we'll just like release new music? They're like, no, 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 we're re-releasing Mind Reader. And so the fans were kind of like, this isn't new. This is the <laughs> same like, thing. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we got a big announcement and then we just re-release it. And they're like, what? Like, did did I miss something? Like, <laughs> have I have I not heard this song before? Like, am I going nuts? Like, am I in a different plane or something? Like, is this what happened? And we're just like, no, 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 you're not crazy. We re-released it. You should have just like played a, it off as like a massive troll. Like a Bernstein <laughs> Bernstein thing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, seriously. Like the Mandela effect. Oh yeah. man. Like God, that wouldn't be a hard one though, because it's so catchy. Like I it hasn't been not stuck in my head in like weeks. <laughs> like I think from yeah, at least cool. from the first time I emailed you. That's amazing. Thank <laughs> you for finding us and listening to us. That's awesome. Okay, so here's what's funny. I was actually supposed to see you opening for Drake Bell. Oh, really? I was in Seattle, which is how I found you. Oh, okay. yeah. And um, it sucked. My my best friend who I was visiting over there, she had an issue with her dog being too loud and the landlord was getting all pissed off. So we couldn't leave the dog for the night. Oh, no. <laughs> to go and see you guys. But I want to talk about that for a minute. So, like, how did that come up? So, honestly, it's really goofy. Um, so we hadn't played a show as Midnight Skies. Um, we started in 2018 and from there we're like, okay, well, we're not playing any of our old music. We need to just completely start fresh, clean slate, get into the studio, write music, and then we'll just go from there. And so when that happened, it was like a, a two year period where we didn't release anything. We were just in the works. We were making music videos. We were, you know, doing photo shoots. We were in, in and out of the studio and, as you guys probably know, it's really expensive to shoot videos. It's really expensive to record. So it took a lot longer than we really had hoped. And we also had some complications with one of the producers that we were working with. And there was just absolutely no like correspondence. Like we'd email him, call him, text him, and we wouldn't hear from him for like eight months. And so we're like, okay, well, I guess we can't release anything yet. We just kind of have to stick this out. And ended up sticking it out and then released uh, Disconnect uh, just a few months ago now. But um, where was I going with this? I already just like, I have like the brain of a squirrel, you know, where you just like, you start going on something and then you go. I'm the same way because I, I totally forgot what I had asked too, but it's how, how you got that opportunity with Drake Bell. Oh, anyways. Oh, Drake Bell. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I was going off on a tangent once again, but wanted to give a little backstory. So we hadn't played a show at all. Like we've, we hadn't done that as Midnight Skies yet. And um, my younger brother was like, hey man, like, do you see the Drake Bells coming to town? That'd be pretty fun. Like we should go to that. And I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm just going to play it. And he was like, what? I was like, <laughs> watch, I'm going to get that show. I literally found the booker's email, emailed him. I got a response in like two minutes. They're like, yeah, yeah, okay, um, send us your music. Sent them the music. They're like, yeah, sure, okay, you guys are on. Cool. <laughs> That's like, awesome. I was like, wait, that it was like that easy? Like, really? You'll have a song? They're like, yeah, your music's cool. That's that's fine, yeah, you guys are on. We're like, wow, that was the easiest show I've ever booked in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you guys 
are debatably better than he is, too. <laughs> oh, like, he's great and everything. I love him, but um, I think oh, it would have had fun. more fun during your set. Oh, yeah. I felt really bad because, like, it was, like, a rapper, and then there was us, and then just Drake, though. And, like, our live show, like, we've always tried to make it fun, energetic, get people jumping, get people, you know, pushing each other around, like have some fun, you know, you're at a show, like let's, let's do this right. And it was funny because we just like, we weren't expecting that many people to come out for us, but like they all left, like so many people left after our set. And I like came back up. I was like, there, there's no way like we don't have this many fans we've never played a show before as midnight skies like this doesn't make any sense but it's crazy because i had gone to a show in january and the local scene here is just popping i don't know what's going on but i love seeing it and they're just coming out for local support and it's it's really cool to see god and then just dissing the headliners <laughs> we ended How up out with like a good 20-30 minutes after our set and like you could tell he was pissed like he was like there was like a good 400 people in there now and now there's like 300 200 I don't know what happened but like there was like a mass exodus it was also just like there was some really poor like correspondence with the venue and the booker and apparently like fans had to sit outside in the cold like in the rain and oh, the it wind. was raining bad that night too i remember yeah it was really bad um so i think people were just like really ticked off and were just like you know what i'm gonna stay for like the first couple artists but if drake bell doesn't go on before like 10 o'clock i'm out <laughs> yeah that <laughs> yeah. makes sense i felt so bad but overall, good time. Very good time. I do well, that- have a quick question oh. about Drake Bell before we get too far. Did he yell at people for singing the wrong lyrics at his set? <laughs> uh, no. Um, okay. No, <laughs> I was just wondering. One guy, though. There was one guy in the crowd that he literally, like, took his shirt off and, like, flashed Drake Bell. He's like, I love you, Drake Bell. <laughs> like, during the middle of, like, a silent part where he was just, like, tuning or something. And he did not even look up. And everybody in the crowd was just laughing so hard. And he just didn't even acknowledge it. He was just like, ah, I hate my life. <laughs> I like I relate to that so hard because I feel like I would be the same way if I was in his shoes. But at the same I time, know. like that is so not a way to engage with your audience. Yeah. Oh, you could just tell he was just like, he was super nice. And like, we were having fun hanging out with him. And like, it was a surreal experience. But I could definitely tell that he felt bad and felt kind of like I've always wanted to be a musician, but everybody just sees me as Drake Bell from Drake and Josh. Right. And And like, so there was this like, disconnect, I feel like with the fans and with him. And he was like, look, I make really cool music. And everybody just wants to hear the one song. That's Wasn't it. Did he play it twice during his set? No, he only played it once. Oh, my brother told me he played it twice, but maybe that was just a yeah, I one-off. No idea. Maybe just a one-off. Maybe he forgot he played it. I don't know. It was cool to see him play it. I was pretty I'm sure. sure. <laughs> my younger self would be crying at that moment. 
But I would be crying now when I'm 27. So yeah, <laughs> felt. <laughs> we, yeah, uh, it was a wonderful moment for sure. We got talking about him for some reason on Easter. I had gone over to my mom, so we we're just like hanging out in the backyard, social distancing, and she was like, "I feel like I know that song, but I don't know it." And my brother and I had to break out into like a duet. <laughs> Only he didn't know the right words. So then I had to correct him and I had to convince him using the Drake Bell video where he's correcting the crowd. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw like a, a TikTok video that he had done recently with like the subtitles. <laughs> with the screen. subtitles. And he was like, no, no, incorrect. <laughs> so, and he so got like funny. super pissed off. And I was like, I didn't even know that that was the lyric. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I didn't even it really know the does. lyrics. And I was like, well, dang. So do you feel like, I don't know how to preface this really. You have like a really sturdy, big following for a band that has only just put out their first EP. Like that was in January. Do you uh-huh. think that's like coming from what you were doing before? Or have you just amassed a, a new following from the music that you just put out? Um, I think, like, especially on Spotify, like, our numbers have, they've gone up, they've gone down, they go, you know, they kind of fluctuate. Um, I've definitely never had 20 plus thousand monthly listeners on any music I've ever done. Um, you know, we're about to break another 100,000 on one of our other songs, Falling Apart, which is cool. Um, yeah, like, with with our music on Spotify in particular, um it's definitely not from our old band. I definitely know that there's like a following from our old stuff, but like our old stuff compared to this, like or our old band, I should say, compared to what we're doing with Midnight Skies, there's just no comparison. Like it's just a million times better than anything we ever created. Um, and so I, I do think that there's like the OG fans that have stuck around from like the early days for us, but I definitely think that a majority of people that are around now definitely have been keeping up with this ever since we started releasing Midnight Skies music. So ever since Mind Reader, I've definitely seen like a huge influx of people, which is really neat. Like we had no idea what we were doing when we really so any of the good. Songs. <laughs> like, and it's so crazy to me because like so many people are like, dude, you guys aren't even like you guys are like growing but like why aren't you bigger and it's like people don't understand that's just the music industry you can make the most fire music and it'll just hit one market and that's it and here's the thing like i don't want you do not take this the wrong way because i mean it in like literally the best way possible i feel like you could have just been plucked like right out of 2008 yeah like in the lineup with like the alt press fall ball and like mayday parade and those kind of like powerhouses that you just yeah. tap into that nostalgia factor without even having been present well, and in I think that, that time. I think that that's what's so different about us. Like, I don't sing like The Weeknd. I don't sing like the singer for All Time Low. At least I don't think so. I don't think I sound like Alex. I have been compared to Alex with some, like, some songs, but it's like, for the most part, I don't feel like my vocals are like, Oh, I've heard that before. They like, and if they do, it's like very early thousand sound. They're like, mm-hmm. I hear like old pop punk vocals out of you, like in particular. It's just like nothing that's coming out of now. I mean, 
at least that's what I've been told. People are like, it doesn't sound like you're making music that's current, but it's like a little bit of the current mixed with the old. And so it makes it kind of nostalgic. And right. And then it's amazing when you realize that this is an active band that's still putting out music and you haven't yeah. just like stumbled upon, you know, somebody else from 2004 that has since like faded away into nothingness. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And and so that's the cool part about it is you can hit that demographic that still wants that sound too because yeah. there's plenty of us out there yeah yeah i mean like we we went the whole emo route for a long time like we just were like oh we want to be like my chemical romance just like every other emo band back in the day <laughs> and like we carried that for a bit we were like we want to bring this back and it just it didn't end up <laughs> working out the way we planned so we're like okay we need to we need to do something a little bit different and um that's just kind of what we did with Midnight Skies. We're like, how can we keep our sound, like our roots, but also bring it up to speed with what people are listening to now? And I think that what's so interesting is looking at like our Spotify analytics, the majority of people that are listening to our music aren't like 14-year-olds or 17-year-olds. They're, they're like anywhere from... 22 to like 30 year olds right now that makes sense and it totally <laughs> yeah. makes sense because it's like that's what they grew up listening to they're like now they're getting older you know and so they're like okay well i grew up listening to bands like green day blink i grew up listening to old all-time low fallout boy and so they're like oh this is kind of cool to see like a band that's keeping it somewhat current with how they are going about production and all that, but also having like that nostalgic sound. And that's kind of our goal is to like mix those two and infuse them into kind of, you know, what it is now with midnight skies. And we've been pretty proud of what's uh, been, you know, happening with it. I think it's pretty exciting and hopefully more people latch onto it as much as other people have. Well, you totally just called out me and Stormy there as nostalgia <laughs> geeks. <laughs> I am too. Down I mean, to the age, so. <laughs> it's funny because, I mean, I'm 25 and, like, people are, like, all my friends for the most part are, like, I can tell that they support me, but they're still, like, dude, why why are you still acting like a 17-year-old scene kid? Like, look at my freaking hair. It's, like, purple, blue, blonde. <laughs> They're like, you're like, it's not a phase. Like, I've been telling this, not a phase, man. It was like, never a phase, man. You got to yeah. believe me. <laughs> I'm still in you? this. <laughs> yeah. So what's been the coolest thing to come out of this band for you? Honestly, just like hearing from other musicians that like they enjoy it. I don't know. It, it's just crazy to me to hear like some of my favorite musicians that will be like, hey, man, like your music's really cool. I came from a small town. I wrote music in my basement. Some of the songs that you heard off Disconnect are songs that we mess with in our basement. We're just a bunch of kids that are from some random island. And like the fact that it's gone around the world, we've seen people from like Israel to, you know, like Europe to Russia to China to Japan to Canada, Mexico, all over the place. Just like, hey, come, you know, come come down to our country sometime. I'd love to see you. It's just like, it's so crazy to see that music that you created in your basement has 
gone that far. It's reached all the corners of the planet. And um, so I think for me, it's just that in particular, but also just getting that, like, I don't know, like confirmation from some of your favorite artists. So like, hey, you're you're on track. You're doing the right thing. Like you sound good. You look good. Keep it up. Like you guys are doing what you need to do. And so that's like for me as someone who's always been like, yeah, we're all right. Like, I I mean, you ask any of us in the band, we'll just be like, dude, we're just a bunch of stupid kids with dreams. Like we, we don't we're not that good. Like we're maybe OK at best. But like, so I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to see that and um, get that confirmation. So that's really Yeah, cool. little remedy to the imposter syndrome there. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your um, your biggest listener base? Um, I would definitely say somewhere in the States, if not just all the States. I, I see people like, uh, I don't know, I see people from all over the world, like I say, commenting, hey, yeah, come to Russia or come to Germany or come to France or any of those countries. But I... If I'm looking at like Spotify analytics, which I don't really know if they're like completely 100% factual or not, but a lot of them do come from the States. Do you know what cities? I'm looking it up Uh, now too, just to back you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I know at one point it was saying Chicago, but like I've also been talking to other musicians to keep up with the Spotify analytics and they're like, yeah, so that's kind of like just it's kind of true but kind of false because a lot of people apparently use vpns yeah that makes sense so yeah i there's kind of like a weird controversy if whether or not spotify analytics are actually truthful or not so i really couldn't tell you but like the last time i had checked a majority of people are from seattle la like new york chicago like major cities so let me read this off to you as it's standing right now so they've got Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh-huh. then Chicago, then Dallas, and then Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and then Los Angeles. So Seattle's not even on there. <laughs> <That's so interesting. laughs> oh man. You've got like quite a base in Brazil, it looks like. Oh man. There's like this running joke that people are always like other musicians will comment when people are like, Hey, where should we tour to next? I'm like, come to Brazil. Like, come to South America, it's always just, like, a running joke. And I don't know if that's just, like, something that's factual. Like, there's actually that many people from those cities that listen to us, or... Maybe. There seems to be, like, a big sort of... Okay, so I can only really speak from, like, watching AFI live streams. (laughs) People are constantly like, come visit us in Brazil. Um, But it does seem like there's some sort of... Um, God, I'm going to get like a lot of hate mail about this because I feel like I should know that there's a big scene down there, but I really, I just don't know. I, I have no idea. I I do know from other musicians that have had the privilege to go down to like South America that their scenes down there are crazy. Um, there's a lot of support and they love when other bands from other countries come down there. I'm sure it's just because it's so rare. But, um, yeah, I've heard good things. And it seems like they're really oriented towards, like, punk and pop punk from what I've seen. Yeah, again, I'm not yeah. really, like, gravitating in the other circles. So, Yeah, I have Oops. seen, like, a lot of, like, Green Day fans down there. Like, Ooh. Green Day in particular. It's really strange. But, yeah, they're just, like, I have, like, a couple followers that I see on Instagram that are constantly, like, doing guitar covers of Green Day. And I know that they're from Brazil, so I don't know if that correlates yeah. anyway, but... They resonates must be with them for really some reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's awesome. 
And you just like tapped right into that market. (laughs) (laughs) Guess so. So we're going to go north a little bit. What is your favorite thing about the Seattle music scene? Um, Well, like I said, recently, it's been cool to see just like more people come out. Um, Seattle is one of those scenes that a lot of people always are like, oh, the grunge era. Like you had Nirvana, you had all these big bands that came out of Seattle. And so it must still be just so crazy. Like it's such a music town and it is and it isn't. But um, one of the coolest things I've seen, at least recently, is there's an influx of people that are showing up for local talent. And that's really cool to see because towards like 2017, 2018, um, I definitely saw a huge dip in people going out to shows. And remember, we played with like Man Overboard back in the day and they were in their prime and there was still only like 150 kids that would show up and we would bring like 75 people. And so just like, it was crazy to see that and be like, these guys are literal legends and nobody's showing up. Like I remember it was so bad that show that like they decided to just get like hammered the entire set. Like, I don't even think they played the set properly. I think they were just so drunk that they were just like, who cares? Like, there's nobody here. And it's the same with other big bands. I mean, I remember I saw, like, um, a couple years ago, there was just, like, Falling in Reverse tours that normally would sell out literally everywhere else. You'd go there, and there wouldn't be as many people in Seattle. And I think that that's why so many tours don't even go up to the Pacific Northwest anymore. Um, it's really difficult. And I think it's also just, like, so out of the way that, like, if you're not playing Vancouver, British Columbia, there's just no point. And so, yeah, it, it's cool to see. I'm starting to see, like, more people coming out here, more people touring, and the crowds are showing up. And I think that that's really special. Music needs that. We need it so bad. Yeah. We need that, that influx of people that want to show up to shows and support. And I think it's also cool, like, even though this pandemic has been rough, I've seen bands like like Houses from Australia, and they like put on this crazy production like live show. They were all like six to eight feet apart, and it was cool to see like how many people. I I logged on. It was live at like three thirty a.m., and there was thousands of people watching, and it was just really cool to see like the participation around the world and seeing people just show up for live music, even if it's not live for them, it's still really cool. My hope following all of this is that people are going to get a little more involved. Yeah, I I think so too. I think that nothing is going to be the same for us when we're out of this, because as much as people think that we're going to go back to normal by summer, it's not, you know, they're, canceling the olympics they're canceling shows out like some are saying like 16 months from now yeah. is when uh, some of these big festivals are going to start like trying to book again and get prepared and that's like i don't know i think that that's a long time i think that people aren't used to being cooped up for four or five months at a time and not able to do anything else and i think that 
when we go out, it's going to be a privilege and we're going to feel really privileged to be able to be with our friends, our family members, um, and to go to shows. I know I was out in Vancouver with um, some of my friends and we went to a Falling Universe show, Escape the Fate was playing and The Word Alive. It was like the drug in me is you goes gold tour or something. The recent one, yeah. Yeah, the recent one. And that was March 1st. And I remember like the virus was being talked about. There was all kinds of commotion about it. And yeah, it was just crazy to see how many people showed up to that. And now nobody's going to shows. It's just crazy how within a two, three week period, you can have thousands of people showing up to festivals, to shows, to all that. And now everybody's locked up like that. And so I just think that it's going to do a lot of damage to the scene, but also bring up a lot of positivity once it's back and people are going to shows again. I think a lot more people are going to be like, okay, yeah, I really want to go to a show now. Like it's been a year. It's been way too long. So So I'm feeling it's only been a month. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And that's why I just like, when I hear that, shows are going to be canceled for the pretty much the rest of the year they're thinking it's going to be for the rest of the year it's like i don't know i think a lot more people take things like that for granted and so i think when we all get back out there it's going to be like okay i'm not going to take going to the grocery store for granted um the fact Say that hi I, to your neighbors yeah yeah you know just the most basic things i think it's going to change how we look on everything honestly so I'm going to deviate from this for for a second here because I want to go back to the music scene for just a minute. Do you feel like there are any venues that have been really doing their part in promoting it prior to all of this? Like locally? Yeah, or or Um, locally too, if there's a scene elsewhere that... um, I really don't know the scenes outside of my state all that well. Um, I mean, we, we toured the whole U.S. like in 2016 or... 2015 and it was very like mixed bag like you had people that were saying that yeah this state or this city is really good at booking local artists and having people show up and then you would hear oh no it's just it's pits like nobody shows up (laughs) and um but seattle um the show that we played with drake bell was at the vera project which is um it's an all-ages venue they don't serve alcohol it's like a very open venue for anyone and it's very open uh to you know the lgbtq community it's open up to just everyone there is no hate there's just it's just all love and support for local artists whether you're a musician or you know you're a painter or what have you and so that in particular was super cool to see and to be able to be a part of that was really really special um so that particular venue i think is doing a lot for the local scene and i would say that they promoted that show really well um other than that there's cool venues like i love el corazon's another one that's out here that's pretty popular but it's the music scene bookers do their part to an extent but it's really just on the bands to do their part and (laughs) that's it yeah that's fair Who are your favorite, like, quote-unquote, underground artists? So usually I limit it to the city that we're talking about, but I feel like Uh 
we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that today. Like, in um, general, here's some rising artists that you like. Um, right now, I'm super big on this band called Hot Milk. I don't know if you've ever heard I've of heard them. I've heard of them, yeah. <laughs> Another just brilliant female-fronted pop-punk band. And they are just unbelievable. I love them. I can't believe that they're not signed. I don't understand it. I mean, they play massive shows. Like, they play with some of the biggest artists in our scene. So it's like they probably just don't even need to be signed. I think they just have great management or something. But yeah, um, I mean, they're killing it. Um, so underground wise, they are phenomenal. Um, I really like putting a plug for my homies in Osatia. Uh, those guys are local as well. They're technically, I would say, underground because, I mean, I consider us underground. We're not famous whatsoever. We're still on a label, but we're not like making millions at the top in Hollywood Hills kind of thing. So, um, yeah, those those two bands in particular are doing really well, and I really enjoy their music. Um, yeah, yeah, those two in particular for me are very good. Awesome. I love it. Okay, I have two offbeat questions for you. Okay. First of all, are those cats or corgis on your shirt? They're corgis. I've been- Okay. I was going to comment on that. I noticed it like halfway through talking and I was like, I'm pretty sure he has a bunch of corgis on his shirt and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, the corgis. Yeah. I've been sitting like, on that one. They got some flowers. They got some like, I don't know, these are palm trees. There's some kind of leaves and they got their like butts on them. It's kind of cool. You and my boyfriend <laughs> would get along well. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm a very colorful person. So like, I always wear extremely out there and colorful shirts and people like when I go to work, when I'm actually working, people are like, you're a very colorful person. You're, you know, you just don't, you don't make a lot of sense to me. You're not very professional. (laughs) And I'm just like, what makes like, can I be business professional and have color? I mean, are you just lame? Like, come on. Apparently. The, The part about that that made me laugh so hard was, you don't really make sense to me. <laughs> oh, I don't make sense to like anyone. Love it. Uh, people are that's just the like, way to I don't be. even know what you mean by anything. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> you listen to my band? <laughs> no, well, you should. That's it. Well, I'm talk to me if you can listen to my band. We sound literally the same way talking to anyone. So uh, you're in good company here. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to listen back to this interview and be like, ooh. I don't know if I want to air this. This is just so strange. No, so that's not for you. I have that feeling about every single interview that I do. <laughs> but it's but, but it's because she always feels like she's awkward while she's listening to it. It's just like Yeah, having to edit it is yeah. not um not Oh yeah. I mean anytime I record vocals, I'm like, sucks. And then people are like, no, it's good. And I'm like, but is it though? It is. No, no, no. I hate listening to my voice back, so I'll probably listen to this interview and be like, eh. I have to say, I really wish that we released videos right now because your um <laughs> facial expression, your facial expressions and mannerisms as we've talked, just been it's like like for your whole narrative. <laughs> it's like watching a meme. Well, did you see? I became a meme that went like somewhat popular for a little bit there yeah. oh man i'm Which, gonna have to find it you gotta find it and send it to me yeah oh man it was bad like people well i mean it wasn't bad it was just like i just woke up one morning and like the label had texted me 
like I think my guitar player Kyle texted me and I was like, oh, did you make a meme about me? And they're like, no, dude, this went viral, bro. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> it's already out there. And then I'm having like people that are my friends that don't even like keep up with the music industry. Like, dude, I just saw this meme about you. And I'm like, yeah, my friend from Israel was telling me they saw it too. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. And maybe I did see it and I just didn't like put the two and two together. <laughs> I, I'll have to That's find amazing. it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd I'll like to see it. it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So last offbeat question. You're stuck in quarantine with any artist, living or dead. Who would you choose? <sighs> okay, that's really hard because I have so many, like, popular, famous musicians that, like... I okay, you can pick days. three. How about that? Does that make okay, it easier? Okay, three. Okay, yeah. <laughs> definitely Haley Williams of Paramore. Vic Fuentes from PTV. Yes. And... I'm going to just have to go with Alex Gaskarth from All Time Low. I need all those guys. That would be the most fun house. house of all time. <laughs> Can you I imagine wish I just could Alex throw and Jack Paracat in there too? Because that dude is so ridiculous as well. They're like a package deal. Have you seen uh, All Time Low has a TikTok now and he's been posting videos on it and it's my favorite thing? Is he just like drinking White Claws the entire time? I feel like that's just. Um, a- yeah, yeah, but there was one, this girl did, um, I want to say it was the opening to Dear Maria, and uh-huh. he just dressed exactly like her. I think she was wearing, like, a black crop top and, like, these booty camo shorts or something, <laughs> and he di- picked out an outfit that was, like, I-, I think he was wearing actual pants that were camouflaged, but, like, it was the black crop top and, like, the camo on bottom, and he did the exact yeah. same thing, solid. Oh solid tiktok God. material He's but, such a um, funny if dude. you haven't checked that out you should find it because it's I, I should yeah so funny that's what i've always loved about that band is their lives like their stage presence and like how they talk to each other yes it's just so ridiculous they bounce off of each other very well and well, I, yeah i like that they don't take themselves super seriously even with how big they got and all that yeah they, they're they're still the same 15 year olds they were singing at a house party like yeah i love that exactly that's great all right sullivan can you give us your social media so that we can figure out where to find you yeah um so the band has social media obviously everywhere um instagram for us it's just at midnight skies band it's the same for facebook as well twitter is Midnight Skies, Wah. I know at some point we're trying to get on TikTok, but I'm like so bad at TikTok. Like I did one TikTok (laughs) and I was like, I don't know if I'm funny enough for this. I tried to get like our guitar player in on it because he is just a goofball 24-7. And I feel like he would be like perfect cringe TikTok material. And he just, he won't do it. He's like, no, I don't think I can do that. And I'm just like... Dude, just it's 15 seconds of video. Please just do something. I, yeah, I don't I know that you had a meme made out of you. I feel like you could manage TikTok. <laughs> I'm just too awkward. I'm just like, I don't like, what do I do with my hands? I'm like Ricky Bobby. I'm like, wow, what, what do I do with, what if I, what do I do with my hands? Like, you say that, but you have not struck me as awkward this entire time that no, we've had. No, no, well, that's good. I think it's because all my friends are always like, dude, you're just so weird. <laughs> and it's just like when people are like no you're not that awkward you're not that weird i'm just always like 
I feel weird. I always <laughs> feel like I'm weird or awkward. But Don't let them put you in that corner, but also, like, being weird is a good thing. Well, I think it's also because, like, a lot of people don't know this, but I was homeschooled. So Me people too. are like, oh, nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I went to school for two years. I went in kindergarten. Ooh. And then I went in fifth grade. And so, like, people were like, you're probably, like, really antisocial, right? And I'm like, no, I was just always antisocial. I just... Just because I was homeschooled doesn't mean I don't know, like, how to hold a conversation. I can hold a conversation. <laughs> I might be well, weird, but... See, and... Because I did... I never pegged Elena as homeschooled. Oh, uh, you didn't know that? No, I mean, I knew... I didn't oh, know gotcha. that because you told me at some point, And I was like, what? You were homeschooled? And uh, I would not peg you as that either. And I knew... I was very Christian, so I knew like a lot of homeschooled kids. Yeah. There are two types of homeschooled kids. <laughs> and it's, let me yeah, you guys are very opposite <laughs> of them. Just for the record, there's a spectrum. You, 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 there's a <laughs> homeschooled spectrum. <laughs> oh, there is. Like, oh man, I remember going to like homeschool conferences and be like, these kids are whack, man. Like, <laughs> there's like. So there's there's the homeschooled kids that really had to try to make friends elsewhere. Like, you know, I was involved in soccer and everything, and I had to be just yeah. like, a little more outgoing than the rest of the kids because they all knew each other in school. And then there's the homeschooled kids that, like, spend a little too much time with their siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little too close. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that also homeschool kids, like, you either keep the only friends that you have, like, the rest of your life. Like, I've noticed, like, some of my homeschool friends, they, like, never branched out. They they dress the same. They act the same. And they think that they're, like, way too cool for everyone else. And then there's, like, the ones like me where they just went wild. They're like, I'm 18 years old, purple hair, pink hair. I'm going to have a nose ring. I'm going to be like the weirdest possible person. And <laughs> it's so funny to see like the shift. It's like, okay, that kid's for sure going to be weird when he grows up. And then they just, bam, they're just all of a sudden just free. And they just do the weirdest stuff. I just had like a weird epiphany. Um, because I was, I was, I, I went to public school, but I was always so sheltered. My parents were like super Christian and we did like all the church stuff. And I also did that thing where I went crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't think, I, I don't know, that's a, like a weird connection that I have. And I feel that on an emotional level. So yeah, it's not the same experience, but like, I didn't realize yeah. that it could be the same. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a weird epiphany um, that doesn't really make sense. So it's fine. <laughs> i have no idea what you just said but i'm just gonna... yeah well like i just it's like have you heard of the podcast the mormon and the method yeah the i listen yeah it's a good podcast if you so, haven't listened to it it's a podcast called the mormon and the meth head and one of them is an ex-mormon and the other one used to be on meth and they at the beginning of the podcast they kind of do this thing where they compare leaving mormonism to um leaving the meth life and they have, there, are, there are so <laughs> many connections there. And so I kind of feel like it's the same thing. Like I kind of like not rebelled, but like had a crazy phase after being really sheltered in my Christian life. And it's like the same thing. Quick? It's yep. the same, same experience, but a totally different experience at the same time. That's all I was trying to say. I chose to say leaving meth over breaking bad. <laughs> And I am never going to forgive you for that. 
Because I didn't make the most obvious joke of all time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Sullivan. We derailed there. <laughs> no, it's all good. I do it all the time, obviously. This yeah, interview, you're just going to listen back and be like, man, he went on a lot of tangents. Believe Must me. Be them I, damn homeschool kids. We, I had, I had a lot of fun with it. It was very, I, I, everything that you said was super interesting. So yeah, for real. <laughs> Trust well, me, glad. we would like 10 times out of 10, rather you go on for three hours than just be like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, see, yeah, like I've done, I've done plenty of interviews, but like some of them, they just like, you can tell that they don't like when you're going off track and you're just like telling a story. They're like, okay, that's not really what I wanted you to talk about. But you're like, no, but I'm telling, like, I'm going to get there. And they're like, but can you, like, maybe hop on the highway instead of being on, like, the side roads and, like, get to the, you know, what you need to say, like, the meat and gravy? Because you're starting to, this interview is going to be, like, eight hours, man. I don't want to sit and record this and then have to edit all this. Like, come on, man. No, they're not doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> Respect my process. <laughs> I got to tell the story first. Yeah, exactly. Got to <laughs> no. tell the backstory. We're here for the process. We yeah. like it. <laughs> no, this is a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'm so glad I got to talk to you after missing you perform in February. Oh, I'm man. never going to forget well, myself for it. Once, yeah, hopefully once this pandemic ends, uh, we'll be on tour. And I mean, that's the plan. We'd love to get out on the road. I think it's going to be maybe at least for us, unless we get like a really good opportunity with a bigger band. I think it'll be just a little bit of time before we get on the road just because... It's kind of like I'd imagine by the time like we do that, disconnect will probably be out for like I don't know a year almost. So it's kind of like people are gonna be like, "Yo, so when's the new music coming?" So I kind of have a feeling that we'll be hitting the studio. But after that, I mean, if you ever in Seattle, I know that we'll be like playing local shows, but I don't know for sure like automatically if we'll be playing like outside of Washington. At least not right away. Yeah. But, sure. Yeah. Well, we'll if you ever hit the Midwest, let me know. Yeah, oh, we'll definitely be <laughs> out there. I remember we, um, our old band played Indiana. We played the Hoosier Dome. Mm. And, uh, that was that was an experience. That was fun. I lived in if Indiana for, or <laughs> I live in Indiana in now, uh, but I lived in Indianapolis for a little bit, and uh, the Dome is home, my friend. The Dome is home. Oh, it was <laughs> weird because like everybody there was like. Um, yeah, so do you guys hear, like, all the ambulances and stuff? And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, sure. I mean, we've seen, like, four or five. Like, isn't that normal in a city? And they're like, no, so, like, our per capita of, like, stabbings is, like, the most in the country. We're like, what? Like, are there's, we here? There's a lot of stabbings. <laughs> <laughs> I lived, because uh, I lived on a campus when I lived there. So, like, our campus was super safe. We had our own police and all that stuff. But, um... Like, everywhere else was ghetto all the way around. Uh And so, like, ambulances would go, like, right in front of the university all the time. And we'd be like, oh, cool. Um, You stay over there, I guess. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it's uh, a... I think they're kind of proud of it because it's, like, their only only thing. Their only thing. Obesity. That's their excitement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> another tangent. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah, yeah whatever. Happens. Way too much. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks again. I really hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Hey, Stay you safe. Well. Yeah, Keep you us updated well. with things. 
Yeah, I'll have to find that meme to send you because yeah, oh, for sure. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. All right, you guys, take care. All right, you bye. just a second yeah you guys you've probably seen it because we both realized after he sent it to us that we had seen it yeah <laughs> and it's just it's sullivan sitting over a pink backdrop with a bunch of balloons looking all sad and somebody has superimposed his face to be bigger overlaying the image you know in that sort of like 80s 90s family portrait style and the caption says, trying to enjoy the party, but there's no pop punk on the playlist. So I want to tell you something that this picture made me think of um, the first time I saw it. What's that? In my parents' wedding photos, there's a picture where it's my dad from like the side and my mom is like superimposed on top of his head. Like he's thinking about her in her wedding dress. No. <laughs> and it's magnificent. Can we recreate that photo? With with me and you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll wear a tux. I don't have a... I guess I can, fi- I can find a dress. I don't have a wedding dress. I've got a white prom dress that would probably fit you. I mean, it's going to take us a while, <laughs> but we can do it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Or maybe it should be us sitting together and thinking, and then we'll have like all of our guests that we've had on superimposed over our heads that would actually be super cute and like a really good ad (laughs) anyway you want to talk about our socials sure um if you want to follow us on social media you can find us on instagram and twitter at i'm not okay pod you can find us on facebook at i'm not okay podcast we have a Facebook group called I'm Not Okay Podcast Group. And you can email us at I'm Not Okay Pod at gmail.com. And as always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You leave us a nice little rating and review if you liked it. And I'll let you do your word of mouth spiel. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, just tell your friends uh, about the podcast if you like listening to it and you find new music on it because we. We try to we try to get some people that you might not know about on here that we really like. So, yeah, just tell your friends. It really does help uh, get the word out. Also, if you want to find me personally on socials, I am at Slummy Thomas on Instagram and TikTok, and at Slummy underscore Thomas on Twitter. And I am Brash Bat on Instagram. Am I allowed to say that we're having Drake Bell on next week? No, because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we are actually having Matthew Leone of Medina Lake on next week. Yeah. It's going to be a long episode. Let me tell you right now. We talked to him for almost two hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we were not recording that entire time, obviously. No. And we are going to cut some out of it because there was a disgusting amount of fangirling on my end. Yeah. We might have uh, been a little too excited about it. <laughs> no, he was really excitable, too. He's, he's very, very sweet. Everybody. He's so sweet sweet and and very funny. 
amazing. He's so amazing. I just want to make that very clear. So anyway, don't miss it. It'll be out next week, hopefully on time, barring any technical setbacks. Which is funny because we actually, I feel like we talked to him for about 20 minutes about all the times that we fucked up on recording. Yes. Oh my God, yes. And see, we could have recorded it again last night and gotten it out on time, but Elena texted me and I was already naked. Is that something you want to say? Yep. All right. 100%. I don't wear clothes when I sleep. (laughs) I'm not embarrassed about it. All right, then I'll let you get back to getting naked. Oh, well, I'm not going to go to... Well, it's not (laughs) 9 It was almost 10 o'clock when we recorded that last night. (laughs) Or when we finished. It is, yeah, only uh, 8 o'clock for you now. Yeah, um, I'm not going to go get naked right now. Maybe keep your clothes on for a little bit I just took a shower. I just, I love the idea that, like, putting a shirt on again was just too much for you. So we just decided to be a whole day late. It was, like... 10 15 and i was already in bed watching ghost adventures was on the tv let me say it was 11 15 for me and at that point i was brain dead and i didn't feel like editing anyway so um it was it was definitely for the best <laughs> well and you got to play cards against humanity i'm gonna cut this short <laughs> before we detail our whole nightly routine yeah let's let's be done let's be done all right we'll see you next time I did finger guns again. Yeah, but you were silent about it this time, so it really just didn't translate over audio. Why do I always do finger guns? Pew, pew. The end.